podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Carol Edmonston, the author of The Healing Power of Doodling, Mindfulness Therapy to Deal with Stress, Fear, and Life Challenges. Carol Edmonston is an inspirational speaker and two-time breast cancer conqueror, committed to impacting quality of life by weaving a connection between mind, body, and spirit through the creativity of doodling. She became an author and speaker quite by accident, All it took was one suspicious mammogram and her world, the way she knew it, changed forever. She shares her inspirational message with children and adults from schools to healthcare settings. Carol has studied with some of the most influential thought leaders in the human potential movement, including Jean Houston and Caroline Miss, and a meditation master since 1988. Her story has been featured in publications including the International Journal of Healing and Caring and the Chicken Soup for Breast Cancer Survivors Soul, along with major media outlets such as the New York Times. She has authored three books. Her latest book, The Healing Power of Doodling, Mindfulness Therapy to Deal with Stress, Fear, and Life Challenges, became an Amazon number one new release and Amazon bestseller 2020. Carol received a BS in physical therapy from the University of Southern California and currently resides in Southern California. Prior to embarking on her sacred doodles work, Carol served as the Orange County, California coordinator for former First Lady Nancy Reagan's drug prevention program, Just Say No Clubs, for school-aged children. Meet Carol at thedoodlelady.com. Here is the interview with Carol Edmonston. In your own words, who is Carol Edmiston? Yeah, well, what a lovely question. I think I'm old enough where I could really give you an answer to that that, that means something deep inside me. I, I think the core of who I am, I could say I'm a pioneering spirit, a catalyst for change as a spiritual advocate. My life is just ever expanding on this journey, you know, which I, I look at as a, it's a spiritual viral adventure for me that just has consisted of so many, so many different beginnings and middles and endings. Each of them has just been so filled with an opportunity for me to really discover that the sacredness of, of who I am. I'm, I'm the, in the mundane world, I, I will say that I, I started out as a physical therapist. And, and that's all about helping people heal, you know, heal on a physical level. And I would say now that as I've become, or I'm honoring the title as the doodle lady, I'm all about helping people heal spiritually. 
So it's been a fun transition for me. But I, I just always feel that life is for me been a, a stretch and grow adventure. And I've, I've really learned a lot along the way. Yes, yes. Don't we all? Yeah, it's a beautiful journey, isn't it, Carol? An amazing one for sure. And I love the word that you use, adventure. Yeah, definitely an adventure. I think somebody used on the podcast, I think she said, life is an experiment of the divine. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, The Healing Power of Doodling, Mindful Therapy to Deal with Stress, Fear, and Life Challenges, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned, off record. The first one had to be this one. What is your own definition for the word sacred? Well, I think within each of us, there, there is this, this holy space. For me, niching out a space where there's reverence, where there's quiet, where I can connect with the essence of who I am and really discover, discover that, that core of who I am which has helped me really to be able to welcome all that comes into my life and look at it with deeper meaning. Do you think that life has an opposite? What is the opposite of life? Well, what would come to me immediately on that question would be when we no longer exist. I mean, I think life, life is such a wonderful adventure that, that really provides us with rich opportunities to grow and expand and be transformed along the way. So to me, the opposite of that is really the, the non-existent state of, of, of death. We are no longer in that space of being able to explore and experience all that we are meant to explore. And that might be beyond the, uh, our understanding of death, right? Of physical death. What do you think is the ultimate purpose of the human experience? Oh, without a doubt, I think that we're each given an opportunity in our life to connect with the core essence of who we are and to be able to really honor that, that self within. And when we can recognize it and experience it within ourselves, then I think we have the opportunity to go to the next level, which would be to recognize that same core, that same essence in the other to those that we meet along the way. That sounds like unconditional love to me. Absolutely. And, and it's a lot of work, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's a lot of work to let go of all the stuff that keeps us from really connecting, number one, with ourselves and with those that we meet in this journey. You know, it's often said, and I'm sure you've heard the saying, that, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, not the other way around. Right. Um, You're right, it is. It takes effort to live in such a way as a spirit. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of self-effort along the way. However, you know, there's also a lot of grace that comes with it. And it, it's almost mm. as if the, the self-effort and the grace are the two wings of the bird. And, you know, we can't, we, we don't strive to have one without the other. We need them for balance. Mm. Oh, I love that too, the integration, right? What do you love most about being a woman? Huh, what an interesting question. 
Well, I think for me on on my life journey, and I I have lived a number of decades so far, is to be able to experience and honor and accept the power that I have as a being and not to keep me boxed into, and, and I'm, I think back on just looking at how my mother and grandmother, you know, define themselves as women. I, I've really stepped out of that a bit more, a little smaller definition for sure, but to be able to still access that, that strength and power within me and be able to do it in a feminine, soft way. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman? Oh, for me, I think the most mm-hmm. challenging aspect has been to to honor the honor the energy uh, of who I am that 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 pioneering spirit, that catalyst for change, the one that you know wants to go out and and be of service in the world and make the place a bit the world a better place. I think there's a certain amount of uh, spunk. There's a lot of spunk that I have. So to be able to do it with a sense of lightness and compassion and empathy, that's an interesting question. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective in life because we know that there are those two energies, the feminine and the masculine. And you mentioned the word balance before. So in a way, it's all about balancing these energies or balancing everything the life has to offer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I've taken on uh, a numbers of of advocacy projects out in the world that have really required me to step up to the plate and with a sense of strength. And yet at the same time to want to balance it with a gentleness of, you know, the way we can create change is not by just with a fist out there, but but there is a quiet, a quieter energy that one brings to the table of of really listening and having empathy. It is the balance between you know the masculine and the feminine. Yes, yeah, and it's really beautiful when we can reach that state of you know, balancing them. Not sure if we can be balanced every day, every moment, but it is a beautiful goal. Well, I think the wonderful thing about finding ourselves in moments when we know we are not in balance is just the awareness and the recognition that perhaps I'm only standing on one leg and maybe life would be easier if I stood on two. Mm-hmm. So just just that moment of awareness that perhaps you need to come back and take a moment to breathe and to pause. So I never mind when I stumble because it's in in that space of stumbling that you can kind of take a look at maybe perhaps why you did fall and then figure out how to get back up. That implies also that you know the way back and that's wisdom. I think you call also trust. I love that word, this idea of trusting life. Even when life is going, it's extremely challenging and we are going through moments of difficulties, we still trust your message is so powerful because you mentioned that word so many times in your book. Well, I didn't always 
understand it at all. You know, I've come to look at it, you know, we're, we're living in a time I, I look at now as divinely inspired orderly chaos. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've had, I've had wonderful opportunities to really have to explore what trust and faith were all about. And, and I, I think that's what the gift of cancer was for me. I discovered that, you know, something like a diagnosis like cancer can can really throw you for a loop. For me, you know, it put me right into an unknown middle. Uh, and I felt so much safer in the world knowing beginnings, middles, and endings. But when you, you don't have a sense of the ending, I, I came to realize that I really had no idea what faith and trust were all about. So to to really have that moment in time to explore that and and learn about it and experience it. Boy, I tell you, that was one of the great gifts for me. I will always look back at that chapter in my life and have gratitude in a way. Yeah, that's amazing. I have specific questions for you about that. But before that, let me ask you a few more questions. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free, finally? (laughs) I think for me, freedom means to let go of my hook into dragging in a lot of yesterday's experiences and letting go of my hook into the unknown tomorrows and just be able to show up in this moment having faith and trust that everything I need, I have within me to access. Yeah, being in the moment. We hear that phrase a lot. I'm wondering if um, in the art world, the world of creativity, we use a lot of imagination. So do you think we can also balance being in the moment and at the same time imagining? Oh, I think that's where our imagination, it it dwells in that space of, of the moment. I was so surprised at what I discovered when I could actually still my mind long enough to experience what is birthed out of being totally present in each moment. And meditation helps, right, Carol? That's a great practice. I had been meditating for a number of years prior to the journey through cancer. And, you know, I'm a person that, that probably am like the Energizer bunny with 10 Duracell batteries in me. So for me to just be kind of quiet in that space when you're meditating, I had never really experienced that before. But I discovered that there's an amazing amount of creativity that can bubble forth and you know, in, in trusting the intuitive voice and all the wisdom that, that bubbles to the surface. Um, so it is quite a powerful space to be in. And that's interesting. So imagination, it's a different kind of thinking. Would you say that? It is thinking, but in a different level. Well, I, I think it's like letting go or giving your, your linear, logical left brain a rest, put it on, give it a break for a while and just experience all that can come out of, of that creative aspect of who you are. I used to be a, you know, growing up as a paint by the number artist, you know, you couldn't make a mistake. Uh, you just match up the number two pencil with the number two on the piece of paper. But when I stumbled into the world of doodling 
and spontaneous in the moment art was coming out of me, it's it's like, well, where did that come from? You know, my mind, I kind of turned it off because I, I wasn't following any rules or anything. Um, and I was just shocked at creatively what came out of me. But I think I was also very shocked at, at inherent wisdom that we each have that sometimes we get so wrapped up in our busy lives that we lose sight of of all that we have within us that's that we can access true so true at this time what do you think is the world's greatest need at this rather challenging time in our life i think there's a, a whole part of it that and you've seen that unfold with some people an opportunity for people to just reach out in kindness and connect with people. I think there's been so many beautiful stories of, of people letting go of their, their agendas they may have had and, and just see how we are all needing one another to journey through this, this, this time in our lives, a time that none of us have ever thought would happen in our lifetimes, but here we are. True. And it's really asking us to, to really go within and kind of pull up within us the, the greatness, the goodness, the kindness of who we are. I have two more warm-up questions for you. The next one is about love. What is love to you, Carol? Well, on one hand, I, I can share what love is being married to actually the same person for 48 years now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it totally learning how to accept yourself for who you are and in turn being able to accept the other for who they are and having respect and being able to to always find the lightness of every situation. I grew up in a very, in a very humorous home. It's part of the DNA of my family. And, you know, I think the two qualities that, that have come out of being raised with parents like I had um, was the humor and, and, and having shared integrity and just being able to really appreciate the other, even when you may not agree. I love that. Yeah. That comes from wisdom. It sounds like wisdom to me. Yeah. I mean, laughter, laughter to me is, is just, it's a huge part of, of my upbringing and of my marriage. You got to be able to laugh at some of the things going on there. There's always the lightness, the lightness in life. I've often thought it would be, you know, uh, oh, my late uncle was a great humorist and, and cartoonist. And I've, I've often thought, you know, can you imagine a world without humor and without laughter? Um, and my last warm-up question is, what, where, and who is God to you? What, where, and who? Well, you're asking wonderful, wonderful questions. I will say that... Um, it's almost for half of my life that I would never have been able to answer those that question at all. I had I had no idea other than I, I knew there was just something greater out there than than me. My search was wanting to find out who that who that is, who that, you know, and how to connect. 
I think everything that I was seeking out in the world to answer those questions, I discovered were all contained within me as they're contained within each and every one of us. God is love. And, and I think the recognition of, of that in, mm-hmm. in, every, in every person, acceptance, compassion, that's a wonderful question. Mm, that's a wonderful answer. <laughs> God is love, right? How did you become a writer, Carol? Oh, my goodness, quite by accident. Um, I'm one of those people that, uh, as I mentioned, I, my degree, I was a physical therapist, but but I seem to be one of those people that constantly, it seems like every decade or less, get reinvented by life. I'm kind of driven by, it, in advocacy, in spiritual advocacy, I think I started writing actually when I ended up on my, as I refer to it as my spiritual, spiritually rich medical adventure through breast cancer many decades ago. And, and just also, you know, prior to that, while I was a student at meditation, there was, I I began journal writing. And, And I think that that whole time period in my life was really asking me to look within and to be able to pull out within me and put on paper the experiences that that I was having, many of which I, I, I didn't really understand. I just knew that they were powerful experiences. So the more I started journaling, I think, the more it brought me down a path where I began to write some articles my next question had to be this one. What was the intention of writing your book, The Healing Power of Doodling? Well, this was actually the third book I've done, but I had, um, this book to me is a culmination of a 20-year body of work. There was a tremendous amount of wisdom that I gained along the way. Um, My diagnosis with breast cancer was in 95 and exactly two years later in 97. And so I I always felt that I was learning so much about myself as I journeyed through this, this medical adventure. And so I continually was writing and doing a lot of journaling. And there was a lot of wisdom that, that I, I was able to um, discover for myself. And so I wanted to put I wanted to put it together in a book that included my art, uh, that included blank pages, you know, for the reader to journal in, to doodle in. So it, it's it's a a book that has it's a hands on book that really will give you a little uh, well give you an opportunity to to kind of chill out and allow your spirit to rest, recover, and 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 regroup and regroup. For whatever challenge may be going on in your life, it's a form of, of meditation for sure. I, I love I, I love the ability in knowing that you could doodle anywhere. You, you know, you, you don't have to go somewhere. Um, I, I keep a blank book, my doodle book with me wherever, wherever I know I'm going to wait. But it, it just it just helps me just kind of pause and push the reset button and and. Um, Hopefully by the end of each day, there is something about myself that, that I've learned to appreciate or learn that perhaps I, I might have done it a little differently. Yeah, I love the way the book is formatted. Some of the lines you have there, it's so powerful. 
I have some of them here. But before that, talk to me about doodling. So I never heard about this art form. How did you come across it? And um, yeah, what is it? Well, remember I said earlier that that I growing up I was one of these paint by the number artists mm-hmm. as as a, as a child, you know, where you just couldn't make any mistakes. So how this started for me is one day I had a doctor's appointment and I was kind of nervously waiting for some test results. So I was in the waiting room and I was sitting in my seat and I was getting pretty nervous and I was thumbing through magazines quicker than you could count to 10. And I noticed like, oh my goodness, if they were to take my blood pressure right now, it would be off the chart. I need to do something. So I got up out of my seat and I walked over to the nurse's desk and I asked her for a piece of paper and a pen. And I went back to my seat and I just started making aimless little squiggles. They 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 didn't look like anything. They They kind of looked like if you saw it laying on a table, you'd probably throw it away. But the more I got you know, absorbed in this little activity, um, I, I I was recognizing that I was beginning to feel a little more calm. I wasn't focused on worrying about test results. I just kind of got lost in this quiet little world for a while. So after I saw the doctor and got home, I, I thought about this and I thought, wow, you know, I think I think there's something about this doodling that that is important. Uh, I wasn't sure what it was, but the next day I went down to the art supply store and bought myself a spiral bound blank little notebook and I called it my doodle book. (laughs) And wherever I was going to wait, whether it was at a hospital or at the car wash or, you know, even for an airplane, I, I would take this book out and I would just get lost in this doodling because if not, I realized that I could just start worrying about everything under the sun. All these what if scenarios. Well, what if the test result comes back negative? What if the plane, you know, gets canceled? And, and that's pretty much how it got started. I've I've never thrown away any of the doodles. And I've been doing this for 20, 30 years almost. So teaching this art form, which to me sounds and looks as spiritual and healing. So those are the words that I connect to it. How do you teach this art form to others? How do we learn how to do it? Do we need to be an artist? Oh, absolutely not. I love going into the elementary schools with children Mm -hmm. uh, and and showing them and, and helping them tap into their own innate creativity. We all have it within us. I do teach this a little differently. I call it spiritual uh, you know, sacred doodling. What what seemed to really launch me on on this journey of really becoming introspective and looking at what the doodles were teaching me, I gave myself one guideline, and I have no idea where it came from, but it came to me. Uh, I want to because I recognize that if we can just get out of that linear logical world that that is so hooked into imagining certain scenarios or the way things should be and step into this spontaneous moment in time. So the, the outline, the, the method I use is, if you were just to have the piece of paper in front of you right now with a pen in your hand, what you're going to do is, in only the time it takes maybe to breathe in and breathe out, a short amount of time, with your pen resting on the paper, you are going to 
Make an outline beginning and ending at the same point without lifting your pen off the paper and do it in a very short amount of time. Now, for those that are perfectionists, as I could be, don't worry about if the beginning and end don't come together exactly, but give it your best shot. So if you try to do that, just begin and end at the same point without lifting your pen off the paper and do it in a few seconds, what you're going to pretty much look at is a squiggle that absolutely makes no, it doesn't look like anything. It, it looks like just a an abstract squiggle. But then what I want you to do, and I will say this, this is pretty much sometimes how life can unfold. Sometimes you end up with something that makes no sense in your life. But now I would like to invite you to go back and fill in that doodle with whatever you like. You can choose it, hearts, lines, dots. There's no right or wrong. Um, And have fun doing it. And what was so interesting for me is the more I got lost in this art form, the more peaceful and calm I was becoming, but the more beautiful the art was becoming as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I care more than anything about teaching this is this has nothing to do with wanting to show you how to create beautiful art. It isn't the end result that's important. It's about how you engage in the process. Can you show up in this creative, spontaneous moment in time? And just for the time you're doing this, put aside everything you're worrying about that is still on your plate for later on in the day or tomorrow and let go of everything that you just left. Maybe the meeting that didn't go well or the kids running crazy in the house. Just for now, push that aside and just actually get lost in this creative process. Yeah, it sounds like magic to me. Well, what was so... (laughs) fascinating for me to see when I would take this into the schools with children. And this was a a first, second grade classroom. So the kids were like seven and eight years of age. I had no idea how to do this in color. I mean, I was so as a recovering perfectionist now, but if you start with orange, what color goes next to it? And what if I don't like it? And what if it doesn't look good? But these children had all those Astro Bright gel pens and when I went around the room and looking at their doodles, what they were doing, I, I actually was so awestruck because they looked like stained glass. They were beautiful. Wow. So I, I came in as a teacher that day and I, and I actually left as a student. So these little ones taught, taught me how to doodle. For the children, which is such a stressed out demographic in the world today, to give them an opportunity to just kind of be in a a very peaceful, calm space for a moment and not worry about anything else. It just kind of allows them to to just regroup. And and I always tell the teacher, you know, if if you got a big test coming up, give the kids ten minutes to doodle before you do the test. For people that are in in professional people in meetings, before you start that brainstorming meeting, take 10, 15 minutes as a group. And just get lost in this in in the doodling process. Get out of your left brain, linear logical mind, trying to figure out everything you want to accomplish in your meeting, and just get lost in the moment. Uh, there's so many, you know, you know, it, there's so many healing properties to art, and it it really helps to connect the the dots between the outer anxiety and stress and that inner world of calm. 
You know, as they say, you don't really need to know where you're going. You just need to know where you are. Mm, I love that. Boy, I love that. Did you try or have you done any research about having your work in doctors' waiting rooms or hospitals? Well, that has been, um, I also created a, a DVD, Sacred Doodles, which I took all of my art and, and it's woven with Celtic harp music. So it, the, the art morphs from beginnings to middles and ends with the Celtic harp music. And my dream with this was I want to see that in inpatient television programming in hospitals. So I, I think it'd be a wonderful opportunity to give patients something, you know, something else to look at on television while, while they're journeying through the, their own hospital stay. I came very close to it in one hospital and then they, they had wanted to keep everything in, in, in-house in their own art department. Um, but it is something that had been up in, in a couple of wellness centers, just in the, in the reception area. For me, coming in also as somebody who's journeyed through a medical crisis, when you sit and you're waiting for that mammogram, you know, you can easily worry about, uh-oh, what if they find something again or whatever. But to be able to have this playing uh, you look at the art and you can just get so lost in it. Um, so it, it does, especially when you add music, it, it's another it's another element that really can help kind of diffuse some of that stress and that anxiety. Have you tried recently again with the hospitals or you gave it a break? No, you know, I, I, I'm going to. Yeah, what an interesting time now that uh, we've got everybody doing, you know, doctor appointments on Zoom and et cetera. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick up the pieces and and pursue it again. Um, I love that idea because we see in hospitals those uh, TVs with the the news. Oh, that's so stressful. That adds stress. Actually, it doesn't make sense. Oh, it it does. And you know, it's we all need in in this journey that we're all on right now to appreciate that. There is always going to be stress and anxiety out there. You know, we can find it very easily. It's so important that we have created for us, you know, strategies for wellness, for achieving wellness and um, and let it become part of a routine, a ritual that that we take the time to do every day, even if we only have 10 minutes. Um, you know, life is, is is all about the journey, but it's it's all about the choices we make along the way. Um, I kind of look at, uh, I ask when I, I've done workshops, what time zone are you living in? Are, are you living in, in yesterday? Or are you living in tomorrow? We need to just have strategies that can help bring us back into this, into the moment that, that we're in. It's no different than when you think about a pilot trying to land a plane and the focus and the attention he needs to give in that moment. He cannot worry about the storm he left, you know, an hour ago or the possible one that may be on the next leg of his journey. You know, it's be here now. I love what you wrote in your book. You have, I truly felt that breast cancer could teach me about learning to trust in the process of life exactly as it unfolds. 
powerful statement. Yeah. You know, when I look back and think back about the adventures that, you know, (laughs) along the way, it's interesting. You know, I, I think one great thing is to be able to kind of step back and maybe just be a witness to the things going on in your life and, and watch how you react to something or do you respond to something. Um, so I, contemplation to me is a powerful spiritual practice. But I I really, sometimes you will hear people say that who've gone through cancer before that they, they don't look at it as the worst thing that ever happened to them. I mean, there are people that will always hold it as feeling that they've been victimized by a diagnosis. You know, for me, I feel I was empowered by it. And it is every time something challenging comes up in my life right now, I keep asking myself the same question. What did the doodling teach me? And the doodling taught me time and time again that if I can just still my mind and enter that calm space, then all the wisdom I need to journey through whatever comes my way, it will bubble to the surface. It may not come out in a way I I expected, um, but that's life. You know, it's, um, yeah, the present moment is such a, 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 a an powerful place. You know, it's that sacred space between yesterday and tomorrow between what was and what's yet to come. Do you believe it's a practice or this is a understanding? And then it's always now the practice is coming back to that awareness every time. Or this is a practice itself, being in the moment. Oh, I believe it is. It is a practice. It takes commitment. True. It, it takes mm-hmm. um, It takes discipline. I mean, there are days that we all will have that are are just not going to be the easiest. So I really believe. So then take time out, give yourself a pity party, Mm -hmm. put a time limit on it, and then move on. We don't always have a choice as to what comes in our life. We only have a choice in how we respond. So it's up to each of us how we want to do that. And you watch what's unfolding in the world today. And unfortunately, you see many people that are reacting and reacting in such um, not a loving way, which, you know, it's it's sad to see. Uh, But then again, you watch people that are responding in such a loving and caring way. So I, I hope I hope, you know, that we go down that path and are able to just um, move beyond where we are and, and heal as, as a country and heal as a planet. I have a few more questions for you. I call them final questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Well, I would love to invite your listeners to check out the website, thedoodlelady.com, because there's a lot of information. There's a lot of art there and the instructions. There's even some art by 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 the children um, up there. Well, I, I actually just opened the page and and I'll I'll read what is on this page. It actually has a, a doodle that when my granddaughter was just little, she did the outline for it and I filled it in for her and it turned out to me looking like a swan. <laughs> uh, but I will say one thing though. 
when you do do this doodle, you know, it, it's not to worry about what the end result looks like because with the children, I keep telling them maybe on Monday you like it going up and down, mm-hmm. but maybe on Tuesday you want to turn it left and right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just, just enjoy what's there. Every doodle is unique, just like a snowflake, a one of a kind. You don't need to compare it to anyone else's or have it professionally analyzed. Simply take refuge in knowing that your doodle reflected a peaceful present moment where you took the time to nourish and nurture your spirit. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. How beautiful. I absolutely love the way the book is formatted and the art. Your art is amazing. Just by looking at it, we become peaceful. You know, I was really, um, and and I as well, it's like, where did this come from? I, I've never had that kind of creativity come out of me before. And I, I really came to appreciate that when you do quiet down that chatty little mind and give yourself permission to step into a quiet space, anything is possible. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? You have the most wonderful questions to ask. <laughs> You know, it's interesting because I have spent this last month trying to really redefine what path to go down now now that our all of our lives have kind of changed to a more virtual <laughs> a virtual way of being. I thought success, uh, and I was a very success driven person in a way. I thought success for me would have been to achieve. Well, now that I've got this book together, then I want to get out and speak on a more national level and I want to achieve this and this and this. And then I also took a look at where I am in life. Um, Again, I've been, I'm married now 48 years, so I'm not a spring chicken just in that, but just looking at this stage in life about appreciating that there are more days behind me than ahead of me. So for me, success, I'm redefining for myself as giving myself permission to just really honor what is in front of me, to to take care of and nourish a marriage, to take care of and nurture the home, to be able never to stop, you know, being that, that spiritual advocate and that catalyst out there in the world, but to strive to find that balance for myself. Uh, And so I don't feel as driven to burn the candle at both ends right now, which, which is really interesting to just shift gears uh, like that. But I think it's important for our health and well-being. Uh, You're never going to be total in balance every moment of the day, but you need to nurture mind, body, and spirit. And for me, um, you know, that that spiritual component is really what can help bring us into that that overall sense of health and wellness. And I have two more questions. The next one, if you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? No. I mean, there are some, there are some life adventures and chapters I've had that have, you know, landed me in a lot of tears and, you know, but out of them, I have always been driven to look deep within and discover what this was here to teach me about myself. So I I really wouldn't change a thing. 
I really wouldn't. Um, it's been, and I think that's a part of, of, I think also when you asked about success, it's, it's also being able to look back at your life and all of the experiences and adventures that you've had and look at it through the eyes of gratitude and the heart of gratitude. Yes, I love your answer. And really fast, too. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing, right? What are three things about life that you know for sure as of now, Kara? That it's short. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, that, that it really is a wildly exciting adventure. And that it's like a canvas that is being put in front of us. And we've got that paintbrush in our hands to create what it is we want. Yeah, I mean, life to me is about not not losing and giving away your power to someone else. I love your wisdom. Thank you so much for your peaceful presence and your wisdom, your profound wisdom. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, I've, after all these years, decided it's time to have a little fun. So I, I am owning the title, which is now trademarked, The Doodle Lady. So the website is thedoodlelady.com. And the book is available directly on Amazon, but you can also click and get the link to Amazon from, from the website. Um, many, many years ago, uh, I was in the UK where I launched my work and the nurses there, they're the ones who dubbed me the doodle lady. And I thought, oh my goodness, I, how do I, that sounds so ridiculous. So, but now I'm willing to own it and have a little fun with it. So the doodlelady.com. Mm-hmm. And it sounds fun. You did mention before, right? <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun, <laughs> that title. Yeah. Thank you so much, Carol, again, for your wisdom and your presence. We'll talk soon. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Carol Edmonston and her work, please visit thedoodlelady.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.